Hello again, this is Dr. Barbara Byers, and today I'm gonna to be talking about jealousy and envy. I call this no room for envy. So when we talk about jealousy and envy, we often um, talk about them in the same way. They're actually different, but we tend to use them interchangeably, so I'm gonna kind of use them interchangeably. So let me first define them. Webster's Dictionary defines envy as a painful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. So you have something, I resent that you have it, and I want it. That's envy. Jealousy is the hostility towards someone you believe to be a rival. So it's when I'm afraid of losing a relationship with someone. So the sin of envy is seeing goodness at some level in another person, whether it's uh, their talent, their looks, their spirituality. It's seeing their goodness and wanting to take it for ourselves. Uh, it's been called the cannibal compulsion. And what I mean by that is um, some tribes of cannibals who admired someone say because that person had great courage, might kill them, take their heart out and eat it because they believe the heart contained the courage. So it's not just an admiration of a good quality, it's a willingness to take away from the other person so that you can have it. So a desire for good left to itself can cause a longing in us that makes us want to tear down, but that's never, never the way of the Lord, and it's never the way to receive really good things. It only ends up destroying goodness. And if, we, if we're always wanting what someone else has and looking at that, we're not really living in who we are. We're not living now. We're not living in the gifts we have. We're not developing our own lives. Thomas Aquinas says, said, envy is a self-inflicted wound in direct contrast to love. Why do you say that? Well, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, love does not envy. In direct contrast to love, a special sort of sorrow over another's goods because that good is regarded as something withheld or taken away from the envious person. I see good in you, but I don't have it and I want it. It, it can often um, surprisingly go unnoticed, but we can keep giving hospitality to it in our souls. And instead of really turning and directing our desires to a uh, to the Lord for the good things we want. We turn toward another and we live in covetous, really covetousness. It's the sin of covetousness and we can act very destructively. Now it's often triggered by deprivation, especially the pain of the past. And it's based in a deeper belief. I didn't have it then. I'm not going to have it now. Somehow God is withholding good from me. So why do envy and jealousy have so much power? Well, what we've done when we engage in these is we've come into agreement with the enemy and then he works through us to release what's going on in our flesh along with the power of his darkness. And that's why it has so much power. 
And sometimes people say, well, you know, isn't God jealous? Yes, he, he actually says that he's a jealous God, but his jealousy is, is a pure and holy passion. And it's a passion as a groom over a bride. It's holy and it's fiery and it's strong and it's unyielding. But it's there because he doesn't want us in idolatry. He doesn't want us coming away from him. He's jealous over us to protect us from idolatry. All right, so I want to look at a few scriptural examples and the harm that this causes. Right off the bat, in Genesis, we see it. Genesis 4, we see it says, Cain slew Abel. So the situation was that Abel brought to the Lord the best of his uh, herd, while Cain just brought some of his produce. And the Lord received Abel's offering, but not Cain's. And uh, King James says sin was crouching at his door. So there was already something disturbed in his heart that he never dealt with. And because he hadn't dealt with it, this situation came along and he, he murdered his brother. Then again in Genesis, Genesis 30, uh, we see Rachel uh, married to Jacob, Rachel and her sister Leah, and Leah kept producing sons, and Rachel wasn't having any children, and she was very envious of this, and she said to her husband, Jacob, give me children or I die. And the really sad thing is when she gave birth to her second son, she was dying as she gave birth to him, and she named him Benoni, son of my sorrow. That was very destructive for her, even to her death. Again in Genesis, Genesis 37, and, and it's repeated in Acts 7, Joseph's brothers were very jealous of him. He had their father's favor, and he had um, the Lord's favor. And, and just as an aside, I wanna say, Parents who show favoritism to one child over another or over the others really create a lot of havoc, a lot of envy, and a lot of sibling rivalry. Anyway, they threw him in a pit, they were gonna kill him, and they eventually sold him to slavery, which God redeemed. First uh, Samuel 18, nine and 10, it said, Saul kept a close eye on David. That was the eye of jealousy that he had. Have you ever heard envy called the, the green-eyed monster, right? That eye of jealousy. And he has it drilled on David and it's coming out of his own paranoia, his own security, his own lack of a substantive sense of who he is as the king of Israel anointed by God. And he's, he's very jealous over David, chases him around the wilderness and through the caves. And um, he opened the door for this. And then scripture indicates that an evil spirit came in as well. So this really opens the door for the demonic. In Acts 5, the high priests and Sadducees were filled with jealousy toward the apostles. It was the same jealousy they felt toward Jesus and when they saw the signs and wonders, and the really sad part is they could have come to the Lord. They could have entered this kingdom of light. They could have been anointed uh, to pray for people in this way, but they hated the good they saw in the apostles. They did the same thing to Paul later in Acts 13. They saw the crowds following Paul. It said they were filled with jealousy. 
So in jealousy, we're actually turning against the person that we're jealous of, of. And to be jealous of someone does not bless them. It actually harms them. Our discontent, our lack of gratefulness for where we are in life, for who we are, uh, even for God's continual care over us, leaves us open for this sin. And when we allow the seed of envy to take root, we're allowing it at great cost to ourselves and at cost to others. And it makes room and opens the door for bitterness, anger, hatred, confusion. James uh, 3.16 says, for where envy or jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there exists disorder and every evil thing. So real evil can follow this when the door is open and it's so corrosive to our soul, we begin to build a nest where, where bitterness dwells. And you know, it's a passion that can even grow like a fire. I've seen churches greatly harmed when this sort of thing spreads and slander starts spreading and so on. And we can even minister out of our envy. Paul in Philippians, uh, Philippians 1.15 says, some preach Christ out of envy. We can even minister out of it. And it'll have an effect on our physical body. Proverbs 14.30 says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. That's chilling. And the effect on others is it can bring real suffering, uh, real confusion, and even spiritual warfare. And a lot of times, people don't even know what they are fighting. They don't know what the source of this was. But someone has released some jealousy, has begun some gossip and slander against them, and it's a force of evil. And it invites this confusion, it invites the demonic, and it just invites all manner of things. And those of us who have been hurt by jealousy often feel this confusion and just wanna run and hide or run and uh, protect ourselves. So just one thing I wanna say is, as I'm talking here and you notice, oh, I, there are times in my life I've been the victim of someone else's envy and jealousy. Then of course, you need to forgive them. You need to forgive them and you bless them. You release them to the Lord. But when you do then, you ask the Lord, come and lift the dire effects of this off of me, off of my shoulders, off of my heart, off of my mind. Cleanse me, Lord, of their jealousy. I place the cross between us and ask the Lord to place a shield of honor around you after you've been cleansed of that. All right, so I kind of mentioned the roots of envy. Envy can arise because we have felt so deprived and we have this fear of deprivation. We've developed self-hatred sometimes. We see good in another and we feel we don't have it. And then intentionally or not, we direct evil against that other person because we really want to cannibalize what they have. Uh, envy often substitutes. It substitutes for us taking the time and the effort and sitting with the Lord to develop the good things. We need to develop good self-acceptance, an appropriate kind of self-love. We need to develop our walk with the Lord. We need to develop the character of Christ. And we need to ask him 
for these good things that we need. Sometimes he'll, he'll say no to a particular gift um, and that's all right. Then we can live in who we are and what we do have. But instead, sometimes we allow ourselves to be diminished. Um, we may have had early neglect in childhood and that's left us kind of with a sense of entitlement. And in this entitlement, there's the soil for envy to grow and then bitterness grows up after it. But it ends up really rupturing how we see the Lord, how we see ourselves, and how we see others. All right, what's the remedy? Real quick, the last two minutes we have. What can be done? Well, uh, the first thing is we have to repent. We see it, we name it for what it is, and we repent before the Lord, and we ask the Lord to lift the effect of our sin from ourselves and from others we've been envious of. We ask the Lord to fill us with love, because love is the antidote. Love and humility is the antidote. And part of this is learning to bless others, really learning to bless them. Because interestingly, when I'm willing to bless the good I see in others, I connect with it. And now there's a connection for good to enter me. Um, we develop self-acceptance. We have to learn who we are, what our gifts are. We have to agree to live as we are right now. We may also need to pursue healing from our past, from family of origin issues, from our sense of deprivation. And in this, it's, it's like we sort of make the jealousy work for us, if you will, because we say, what's this about? You know, why am I feeling this? And we can bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, what's missing? What is the good thing that I'm really wanting that's gotten um, crooked because of this jealousy? Okay, then we have to come to the truth that we are deeply, deeply beloved of the Lord, that we are known, that he will give us, he knows what we desire, and he will give us what we need. He does not withhold good things from us ever. And the last thing I want to say about the remedy for this is the primary thing is we know our identity as the beloved in Christ, and that we don't have to go after what others have. We just look up to the Lord to give us what we need. So thank you for joining me. And if you enjoy listening, I would invite you to subscribe to podcast on Apple, on Spotify, or um, the videos on YouTube. You can There's a subscribe button there somewhere you can press. Thank you. Join me again.